0: I'm tyler and i'm danny in this episode 85 of fried squirms where we have oh we have something for you oh boy do we oh man this week we decided to go well we decided to go two weeks of uh, ooh, we said nasty pretty, last week. pretty nasty <laughs> pretty nasty in a row and i think this movie definitely is fulfilling that right off the bat number 85 is atros yeah from atrocious meaningful. from mexico from unearthed films we get to talk about them a little bit for the first time yeah so it's a fun way to kind of segue
1: into an upcoming episode which we'll talk about a little bit later on too but yeah man i'm looking forward to talking about the film in general
0: i don't really have any news for this week i didn't really see anything that stood out to me like news wise and there were a few bits of information i thought was kind of neat i mean other than like neil simon dying yeah and that's not horror related that just bums me out so (laughs) yeah shit happens So, just for the few bits of information that I saw that
1: was noteworthy, one of them is an upcoming documentary, which is going to be called Friedkin Uncut, which will profile the legendary director of The Exorcist. So, there's a social entertainment platform, Tata2, they've acquired the documentary, and so what they're going to do is give you a little bit of insight into the director, the man in general, and it's going to have some really cool interviews from a lot of people who were in some of his films, there's even an interview with somebody we've covered before, Dario Argento. Some of the other names are like Ellen Burstyn. You'll have Michael Shannon, Quentin Tarantino, Willem Dafoe, Francis Ford Coppola, Matthew McConaughey. So looks like that one will be pretty interesting. And something that's kind of a parallel to that, this week I did watch The Ninth Configuration, which is William Peter Blatty's film. Now he actually directed this one as opposed to just writing it and standing by and letting William Friedkin direct so, yeah, it was a pretty good film.
0: Now, despite the documentary title, given that Friedkin was born to Jewish parents, he wouldn't have been uncut, correct? <laughs> that is very, very true.
1: And all I could say, yeah, it's, it's, what do they call it, bris? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so, I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Tip the moil. Gosh, put some oil on the moil. <laughs> Anywho, some of the other things I thought was kind of neat, and this involves GDT. And this has been confirmed that the creatures in Scary Stories of tell in the Dark are going to be true to the book. So they're oh. going to try to model a lot of the creatures, yeah, based on the characterizations of those monsters in the book. And along with that, they have released some of the cast that's going to be in the film. Now, director Andre Overdal, who we've covered because of Troll Hunter, he, along with, we talked about GDT helping produce it. But some of the actors and actresses we have are Zoe Coletti, you might have seen her in Annie. I haven't. There was Michael Garza, he was in Wayward Pines, a television show, and if you've seen The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1, he was in that. You have Austin Abrams, he was in the show The Americans. There's okay. Gabriel Rush, he was in Moonrise Kingdom and the Grand Budapest Hotel, so if you're familiar with Wes Anderson films, you've probably seen them. There's Austin Zajur, he was in Fight and the film Kidding, and Natalie Gangshorn, she was in Make It Pop and Wet Bum. So those are some of the <laughs> casts that have been announced. That's kind of funny, but... Yeah, this one is slated for a 2019 release, so sometime next year we'll be there getting we a film. That's something I grew up reading yeah, back in elementary here. and junior high, so I'm very familiar. Now, is another thing that we've covered before, but it looks like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they're trying to carve out a television series and possibly a new film deal. So we'll see what happens with that. It'd be kind of interesting. I mean, it's something you can totally
0: play with, so... I thought, because there's all the, the Chucky reboots going on. I thought I saw something about Chucky might not be like demonically possessed and he might be like robotic doll that's been programmed to have no limits or something like that. Damn, no limit soldier. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if that's true or not. I just I thought I saw something about huh. that and I was like, eh, gimme demons.
1: Yeah, we want demons, we want bread, you're <laughs> da- na- 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 na. Yeah. <laughs> Now, the other thing that I've seen that was worth mentioning is that for those who are in the Columbus, Ohio area and or surrounding areas, this year's Nightmares Film Festival, which is being held on, well, it kicks off on Thursday, October 18th. But apparently what they're going to do is to kick off this year, they're going to show the brand new spanking 4K restoration of William Lustig's film. I've mentioned a couple times, Maniac. Which stars Joe Spinell, Caroline Monroe, Thomas Avini's in it. That's going to be pretty neat, man. And Blue Underground is not going to release the actual Blu-ray until sometime in November. So the people who are going to attend that event are going to get like a jump start, at least a month jump start on that. Now, some of the other things that are going to be premiered, which we'll actually mention a little bit because of the director. But Fred Vogel, his the final interview is going to be premiered. The Bad Man from Scott Shermer. Skeletons in the Closet from Tony Wash, who did The Rake. And you're going to see the Midwest premiere of the FP2, Beats of Rage, from Jason Trost, who did All Superheroes Must Die. And there's going to be some short films from the directors of Puppet Master The Little Strike and Wormwood Road of the Damned. So for those who are going to be attending, you got some good ones on your hands. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So outside of that, I think I mentioned to you, I called into the local radio station last night, College Radio. Got some tickets to Dinosaur Jr., so I'll be doing that this Friday. It's going to be, be fun. I've seen too. it before. They, they rock out, so it's going to be
0: fun. Hell yeah. That'll be a lot of fun, dude. Yeah, should we get in the guts and bolts of this? Guts I mean, and bolts? This yeah. is appropriately for Ooh. this film. <laughs> guts and duty butter. Mm. <laughs> oh. and bolts.
1: You know what time it is, Tyler? It's time to get all up in the guts and then duty butters. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, so what we do, this is a long running process for
0: us is we'd like to start off with a little bit of a synopsis before we start talking about the cast and crew. All right. Synopsis for this movie. I mean, the overall synopsis, I think, is kind of easy, because it's two guys get arrested for a drunk driving accident. That leads to a videotape being found of them committing a heinous crime, which leads to more videotapes.
1: Exactly. And more he- heinousity. Yeah. heinousity. <laughs> more heinous acts on humanity. But, yeah, I mean, it's a very simple story for the most part. It unravels a lot of really... Interesting things we'll get to talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah, basically. So I suppose, I mean, you're going to have more information on an Earth than me. I know that you have never seen this movie before either, before this. Exactly. But you at least, like, know the company and have history of, like, knowing their work. Yeah, we go and, back. And, I mean, I'm looking at your awesome little copy oh, yeah, of this movie in front of me, which is a dope little, you know, Blu-ray DVD set.
1: Yeah. And soundtrack. Which I was happy to find. Well not only that, but for that particular buy, Unearth was having like this huge sale back during the tax season, so I was like, man, I need to jump all over it. So anyhow, what I can say about Unearthed and how I got acquainted with it, once again, I don't know if it seems like a recurring theme, but as a film collector and as someone who likes to read horror magazines on occasion, I think I got acquainted with them by reading Rumor magazine and finding some films that they talked about from Earth. And then I started purchasing films like Cannibal, which talks about Armin mice. It's like, wow. So I've got that. And then I started buying some Russian films, Nails and Visions of Suffering, and then some Japanese films. So they did were you, known for... Did uh, you
0: pick up Red Crocodile? I oh. do
1: have a copy of it. Yep. So they're a distribution company that started mainly because Stephen Byro and another gentleman, they both had their hands on the Japanese guinea pig collection, which were a series of films that were shot like snuff films. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not mistaken, Stephen and that gentleman they had a discussion because that guy found out that Stephen was selling like bootleg copies, and they struck a deal. Where they formed, unearthed, because they both had a love of cinema. They both wanted to make sure that you know films like this that were normally found on like bootleg copies of VHS tapes would find a home where they actually get proper distribution. So out of that, unearthed film started back in two thousand two, and since then they're still riding that wave, man.
0: And I was gonna say, I mean, it's weird that we're just jumping into the production company like this, but it is kind of the selling point. Unearthed about- is. I mean, it's very much their mission to bring this fucked up shit to the world. They certainly do. And for the most
1: part, the films are pretty graphic. They're very visceral. So for people who are gore hounds or maybe into like art house horror with, you know, more visceral topics, this is a perfect home for that. I mean, this is... I've come to kind of find other films that kind of push those boundaries. So for me, that was kind of like a launching pad into finding those films So, yeah, man, I've owned several copies of their films that they've helped distribute. Highly recommend them. I I love everything about this distribution company. Cool.
0: Now, as far as this movie goes, what do we got? The big name on this. (laughs) The funny thing is, the big name on this, I wonder how much input he even had. Because the biggest name on this... Well, presenting-wise, yeah. Is Ruggiero Deodato Presents.
1: Yeah, so... (laughs) He's the one that helped... Present the film now. Outside of that, Lex Ortega, he's got his fingerprints all over it because this is his baby. So, he is our director on this film, and he's also one of the people who helped create Mexico Barbero. So, for those familiar with Mexico Barbero, he actually directed the segment Lo que importa es lo de adentra, and he also did the Exodontia Mexico Barbero segments. And I think that was part two. Now, he actually helped write this, and he's got a partner that helped write. This gentleman is Sergio Teo. He did such films as Devourment. He was also responsible for a segment or a short film called TS for Tamales, which was actually... They, they kind of introduced it or tried to submit it for the ABCs of Death, because there was like 26 different segments. But that one kind of got a lot of notoriety, and that, I think that's what helped kind of spur some of these other films they got into. But anyhow, he's also responsible for... Mexico Barberó The No Te Duermas Segment Now our cinematographer On this is Luis Garcia He's done such things As the shorts Contra Notora And Mother's Blessing He was also responsible For Mexico Barberó One and part two As far as the cinematography And those were For the Lex Ortega segments That I mentioned A little earlier Now our editors on this Are Lex Ortega And Mario Ivan Ponton They helped co-edit And our editor is Elena Morales. She helped with the Mexico Barbaro Exodoncia segment. Now, we have quite a few people in the sound department. There's two groups, I should say, that helped. One was LSD Audio, which is Luis Flores and Lex Ortega. I think that's one of their companies. And there was another band. They're called Egon, which they are pretty gnarly. I want to talk about them a little bit later on. But some of the people that helped with the sound were Zaltiel Aletriste, he helped with the sound. You might have heard some of his works on Scherzo Diabólico, Camino, Dog's Breakfast, Hysterio, the Mexico Barbro segment, Ya Es Hora, and Bolos de Fuego. So if those are familiar, you've probably heard a sound on that. Balls I'm Fire. Mis- yeah, man. I heard Luis Flores. He did the re-recording, mixing, and sound design. He was unaccredited on some really cool films. The City of God, which is a really good Brazilian film, and the film 21 Grams. Oh, wow. Which I'm not a huge fan of Sean Penn, but it's pretty damn good film. It's mm-hmm. kind of fucked up. But he was the mixer and the sound designer on the film Late Phases, which is a werewolf film. I kind of want to see that. Mexico Barbaro 1 and 2, Dr. Hell, and El Gigante. And, of course, I mentioned Lex Ortega. Our special effects on this were Reality FX Studios. They're known as RFX. They help with the special makeup effects. And Zebra Studios, they help with the visual effects on this film. This film has a lot of co-producers and executive producers, but it was produced by Abigail Bonilla. Production companies were CineAlto. They helped co-produce it along with Zebra Studios. We have Grotesque, LSD Audio, Little R, Mm -hmm. Capital A-B-Y, and Lowercase A Productions. They helped with the production of this film. Our distributors were CineAlto. They helped with the 2016 Mexico release. That's for all of the media. Unearthed Films, who I have. This came out, I want to say sometime in August of 2016. And we also have Xeno Pictures. They helped with the 2017 all-media release in Belgium. So those are distributors. The release date, it did have a premiere at the Morbido Film Festival in Mexico, October 31st, Halloween, Mm -hmm. 2015. The budget was a very low, $7,000. There's not an official tagline, but I did find one that I liked. Okay. This is the most violent movie in the history of Mexico.
0: And here on the back of your case, you got the most graphic and goriest film ever made in Mexico. so. So, yeah. So there's that. So that's
1: our crew. And we do have some people in the cast. Now, the way I broke this down,
0: this is without giving too much away, but I broke it down depending on which segment they're in. Okay, and it's almost, I mean, we're going to say what the name of the person they play is, but it's almost right. useless because I didn't pick up any names. Except no, for I mean, two. Exactly. I Not picked that up it's Topo, and I picked important. up Daniela.
1: Yeah, and that, even that's like, you don't really don't need to know that per <laughs> se. All right, so once again, Lex Ortega, he is in this film. He is the actor for a character, Goyo, and... I did write down a couple of things that he's acted in. Now, he was in the Mexican Thriller short. You might have heard his voice in that, actually. He was in Mexico, Barbaro II. He was the padre in the segment, Zanilla. So I was like, ah, interesting. I have to go back and watch that. Now, his partner in crime in this is Julio Rivera. He plays Dax Gordo. This is his only film appearance. Mm -hmm. We have Carlos Valencia. He plays Comedante Juarez in this. Now, he's got quite a few credits that are worth mentioning. You might have seen him in such things as The Cinema Holdup, Days of Grace, and The Fourth Company. Now, he's also done a lot of television work down in Mexico on several series. Now, for the first videotape segment, I have Dana Carvelas plays Esmeralda. This person has been in quite a few films. They've been in The Demon Inside, The Popcorn Chronicles, Estrellas Salatarias, I wish, I wish, in the segment Exodoncia and Mexico Barbaro Part 2. The person, well, one of the people I want to mention is in the videotape segment 2 in this film, and that's Patricia Leigh She plays Jenny, and you might have seen her in Mexico's Eyes, which is a short film, and she was also in Mexico Barbaro Part 2. In the third videotape segment, we have a young Goyo played by Carlos Padilla. You might have seen him in Innocent Voices and The Perfect Game. We have Elena Gallardo. She plays Berta. She was in the film La Vida Loca. Not the song. <laughs> she was in Arma Tal 5. She was in El Gallo del Guerrero and El Verdugo. Como Dice El Dicho, which is a 2011 all the way through 2018 television series. So for people yeah. who might watch the Mexican television, probably seen her in that. We also have Orlando Muguel. He plays Felix in this. He was in Chilango Chronicles, 600 Miles, La Hermandad, which is a 2016 television series, and he's also on the show Falco. Now, you mentioned Daniela. She was played by Florencia Rios. She was in both Mexico Barbaro 1 and 2, she was in the film Los Muertos. Plastico, The Darkest Days of Us, and Noches de Julio. And I have another person named Lorette Flores. She plays Yadira in this film. There was David Obosefe, He plays Gringo in this film. He was in films such as Director's Cut, which has got a lot of really cool people in that film. Mm -hmm. He's in Frankenstein Created Bikers, The Evil In Us, and The Amazon Hotbox. Now, Frankenstein Created Bikers and Amazon Hotbox. I want to bring those up just for a second because of the film Headless. Right. There's two actresses who are in those films that oh. we've covered. It was uh, Ellie Church and I can't remember that girl's name, but it was the
0: redhead chicken Headless oh, who no had wonder, this shitty boyfriend. No wonder he's in all these movies. He's a producer like a motherfucker. Yeah,
1: like I said, he's mostly known for helping produce most if not all mm-hmm. the films that I mentioned. Yeah, he's got a really cool credit as far as like his independent film credits. So he helps finance a lot of those, which is really cool. And last but not least, I have Miguel Angel Nava. He plays Topo in this film, and this is his only okay. film credit. So that rounds out our cast, our crew, our synopsis.
0: Holy shit, do we have some warnings? <laughs> the name of this movie is atrocious. We said we were going to get nasty this Jesus week. We've already Christ. said duty butter twice. I don't know what I want to say without giving away too yeah, much. Yeah, because it would give away things. Anything bad you can think of of putting in a movie probably in this film it's pretty much in this movie except for we don't have cruelty to animals right or did i am i not thinking no of i something? think you're right man no cruelty I, to animals no cruelty, yeah no cruelty to animals um, but anything you think of to a and human and no being, sex with animals yeah
1: anything to do with animals, i mean not. it's <laughs> a possibility do donkey human, show yeah. man it's a possibility <laughs>
0: oh, <God. laughs> kelly kinky <laughs> kelly
1: that's, I guess, the best way to kind of give you a heads up. Anything that you can
0: think of done to human is done in this Everything film. else, though, goes. Right. Nothing So if to you don't want to see anything of that, <laughs> like, it's going to go there Jeez. for the most part. Yeah, I know
1: we're being very slight, <laughs> but this is probably one of those films where as much as you think you might be able to handle things, this one's definitely going to push that envelope all the way to the end. I feel like, I mean, gore... Gore, sexual
0: torture. Yeah,
1: we said feces already twice, so you're going to see that. Piss
0: and shit, rape. Yeah, incest. Yes, necrophilia. Yes, sex toys. Yes, just all of that.
1: vile stuff, beatings. You
0: name it. Fire. Harsh. All the harsh language that goes with these things, <laughs> oh including my gosh. A, uh, a lot of derogatory terms. Yeah,
1: a lot of derogatory terms in this film. So you're going to get a smattering of all of it that's what you're in for for this movie yeah and we did mention that this was a film distributed by unearth so for those who are familiar they'll know what to
0: expect for those unfamiliar buckle your seatbelt and let's get into how it made us squeal god what's happening to me god where am i why am i hearing these things oh god what what's going on jesus come on oh my god what's what's going on where, where am I? Oh, gee. Why? why? Come on. Somebody. Somebody. Ah, come, on, come, on, come, on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, somebody. Sir, must somebody. listen to me. Somebody's there. Somebody's got to be there. I will shock you. Come on! Sir. Sir, you must listen to me. Sir, I only have one question. How does that make you squeal? Hi, so we're
1: in the squeal section in with the squeal section this Come is all spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh howdy so what I wanted to do a little bit before we start actually talking about the film is maybe give you a little more of a sneak peek into like some of the Earth stuff so something that's really funny is that during the time that these films were coming out the guinea pig collection that is from Japan there was a, an actor who got his hands on a copy of it from a buddy of his that actor's name is Charlie Sheen and what he was watching, he thought these were real snuff films, so he turned it in to the FBI. And the FBI investigated, and that kind of sparked the interest in those films. And I was talking about Stephen Myro. He was the one that was helping kind of get some of those films off the ground, right? So I was thinking during, you know, in between our segments, like when I was buying some of those films and all that stuff that was coming in between, I did get a copy of that box set at one time. Mm. And I watched some of those films, and for that time period, I can see how people would, you know, mistake them for snuff films and all that good stuff. But thinking about it now, I was like, it's really not that bad. I mean, some of it's, yeah, it's pretty graphic, but stuff that's come out has far surpassed any and all of the stuff they were doing back in the 80s, as far as that goes. But it's still kind of interesting. I was thinking that's probably how I actually got into Unearthed Films, the more I think about it. Long story short, here we are. I've mentioned Unearthed Films several times, and this is a proper way to actually finally get to talk about them and i think this is a
0: really strong film to kind of showcase what they're all about i think it definitely showcases the explicitness i'd be excited to see some others let's see i'll just go from the how did this make you squeal i actually ended up enjoying this movie a bit more than i thought i would yeah but ultimately by the end of it i am kind of feeling the same way i did about the belco experiment okay where it makes me think of other movies that i'd kind of rather want to watch a little bit more and i kind of feel like there's more exciting stories going on within this movie that we didn't get to see. Yeah,
1: and i completely understand that. And i think probably a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're shooting on a $7,000 budget. Exactly, you know. And i will say this too about independent film in Mexico. I got a little insight into, you know, watching some of the behind the scenes stuff, but man, it's hard to do. Like getting permits just to shoot on locations and getting funding and just the political arena, too, you have to contend with. So it's not easy, but I know what you mean by there are things that they could have totally explored, like gone more in depth with. But for the limited time, I think they still pulled off something really interesting, especially in the world of Mexico cinema.
0: Yeah. It's almost to the point where I almost wish they wouldn't have put the twist at the end Mm -hmm. because it does just make me wonder a lot. And it makes it feel like that's the more interesting story.
1: Yeah, I can see
0: that. Um, Because there's a lot
1: left to be desired from that twist.
0: So, okay. I think we're definitely going to have to talk about some of what happened. I think the basic story in this, we can probably just run over in a few minutes so that we can jump around from bit to bit and people can get what we're talking about. Because the basic story is super simple in this movie. Two dudes run over a chick... The investigator finds a camcorder in their jockey box, watches it, (laughs) realizes that some point in the recent past, I don't think it was the same day, it seems like, what, probably at least a couple weeks have gone by? What do
1: you think? I would think probably, it could be a few days, a couple weeks, yeah. Somewhere in that time frame. It wasn't like, you know.
0: Maybe a couple days because of the relationship that we find out later on. Yeah. That would make more sense. I would
1: say yes. Sometime probably within a month, perhaps. Probably not even that much. but
0: Anyway, within a few days before, we'll say, they had murdered a transvestite hooker on camera. Oh, yeah. They then torture the guys for more information to where they find the crime scene. Mm-hmm. At the crime scene, they find another tape. That
1: tape shows a little bit more in depth about the main character,
0: like some of his fetishes. Some of his fetishes and another murder that he's involved in. Which leads them to bringing okay. him in.
1: Well, they find another VHS tape right after they play
0: the second now, tape. Now, I'm I'm questioning that. Yeah. And we're going to get to that. We, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, another but, tape gets involved. But that's what leads to, yeah. And you sort of see his past and what happened to him. And probably his first murders as well. Yeah. It's kind uh, of like an origin story. Yeah. You get his origin story, which is super fucked up.
1: Jesus. Yeah, it is.
0: There's a couple of reveals at the end. So, yeah, there's a couple of reveals at the end. So now we're going to talk about those reveals, because I think that's where my biggest problems and biggest questions come with this movie. First off, as I keep reading, like, as I was trying to find out more about this movie, and, like, there's no Wikipedia page for this movie. There's not at all. There's no TV Tropes page for this movie. So, you know, I was mostly reading, like, other people's reviews and other people's synopsis and... (laughs) And, you know, story breakdowns or whatever. And I kept feeling like everyone else saw the last scene a lot differently than me. Okay. I don't think they found that tape there. The tape with his origin story. I think they found it when they saved Daniela. And they were the ones that have had it for years. I can
1: see that because of what's revealed. I think they
0: only found... I don't think there was any reason for him to still have that old of a VHS. Yeah. It seemed like the only tapes that he had were the home-held camcorder tapes.
1: Yeah, what I'm curious too. It is It was his right. dad
0: that was using the old-school VHS yeah. up until he takes that during the first murder. Right.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting how they find—yeah, the tape for the camcorder. Not the VHS camcorder, but the mini tapes. Yeah, yeah and then they're like, oh, we just happen to find a VHS that goes way the fuck—all the way back— like that's why would he stash that a vhs tape at a crime scene to begin with that doesn't make much sense
0: so when we get his origin story <laughs> we're gonna go jump i know he ended up doing this with a lot of movies yeah. but like i said i felt like i was watching a completely different movie because everyone's like oh they found more tapes and he had this tape as well i don't think he kept that tape nah. i think he left it behind and i think they had the tape I think you're right. You know, looking into
1: it, that would make a lot more sense. Like, given what Juarez tells him at the end, Goyo, that is, yeah, it would make so perfect sense that they knew about all this stuff. He reveals that.
0: Should we just go from the beginning and we'll talk about that when we get to the end? Yeah, Let's go from the beginning. Okay. Yeah, we'll go in order. We'll talk about, yeah. I don't think we need to explicitly describe what goes on in every scene. No. I think it should go be somewhat of a surprise. Yeah. that. I don't really think we need to repeat all of it.
1: No, we don't have to repeat things, but we should at least talk about them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So let's see. The brain matter was dope. Yeah. I do want to mention this too, even before that, how oh, he sets yeah, up the go city before landscape. That. This was one of my favorite opening sequences that we've had in a movie other than I felt like it went on probably about 2 minutes longer than it needed to. Yeah. I know what you mean by that too.
1: But there's just, just a lot of establishing shots that kind of give you an idea of the landscape we're dealing with. Now, some of the statistics they give you, too, is 98% of like over 27,000 and a half murders that happen in Mexico go unsolved. So, you know, statistically speaking, you can almost literally get away with murder in Mexico, depending, you know, on how you view things. But they give you that, they establish those shots of like, poverty and just a lot of people and pollution and you know what I mean it just kind of setting up the whole idea
0: behind it to me a lot of the shots first off one of the neat things was that there was a, a lot of cutting back and forth between different kinds of footage right, right, right and that happens a lot in this movie especially as the found footage segments, are somewhat low quality and degraded and they're being very very rough with the camcorders and so like parts are supposed to be all fucked up and stuff yeah. which if you pay attention when that happens that's all editing tricks that so they can oh, switch quiet. in the dummies yeah
1: <laughs> it's funny that you say that because of, yeah yes that is true But If you don't want to be too
0: grossed out by this movie, you can see the editing tricks in it. But I don't think that's anything against this movie. No, no, no. They managed to work it in stylistically to what's happening.
1: But you're right about that. (laughs) If anything, that's
0: honestly one of the strengths of this movie because they work it in... So that these things are happening organically because of yeah. what they're doing. And
1: you're feeling like it's not, you know, steady steadicam all fucking time. Like, this is probably something that would actually happen in those scenarios when people are filming themselves.
0: But if you're looking for it, you can also see where they can hide cuts. And I'm not saying they hide cuts in every single right. one of those right. bits. but You kind of get the
1: idea of what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. yeah which is really cool all right so anyway yeah you're right so it gives you statistics it gives you a quote by rudy giuliani where he's talking about you know you can get away with murder down in mexico
0: you know but what i really liked was a lot of the scenes weren't like super down and out it was all of like where poverty meets like normal
1: right Yeah, because there is a. There was a lot of like these
0: things that are like riding the line and showing like where the drop off is. It's like past this is where poverty is, and you're seeing this glimpse of it. You're seeing like this guy laying on the sidewalk as you walk by, but then you keep seeing it over and over and over again. Right, and kind of driving home a point,
1: right? I think that too helps the viewer who's maybe not familiar with, I say, geography or just (laughs) world cinema in general. It gives you kind of a feel of what to anticipate, (laughs) you know? So, all right. Once you get past all that cold opening and all that good stuff. And then you
0: even have, uh, like, the production company and the graffiti. That That was was really cool. That was super cool. I did like that. Especially because it was kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. It made it look like they were
1: tagging buildings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. which That was really cool. So, once we get the idea of what this film's about, right? The two guys hitting that woman, being intoxicated, finding the first film... (laughs) And then it's like, oh shit, here we go. So we get an idea of what's going on. And it almost seems too like Juarez,
0: when he sees the IDs,
1: he knows
0: something. <laughs> there's bits of foreshadowing throughout this movie. There it is. And especially if you know to look for it, but even if you don't know to look for it, there's not a lot going on. So it's kind no. of hard to miss some of it too. It is. It certainly is. But that is like, I oh, mean. What's harder oh. is to remember it. Because of everything that happens oh in between when you get those little segments. Yeah, that's like a little morsel compared to the big snack you about to get. Like the thing on, was it the bus or the subway? I can't remember what. But the there look is, back, yeah. that ties into the end. Yeah, they're like on those trains, subway trains and all that shit. Yeah. Like that, super easy to see coming when you first see it. You end up forgetting that happened because of what happens right after. Boy, <laughs> does something happen. So
1: these guys are stalking. We talked about a guy who we find out is a transvestite and also a hooker, a prostitute. And they stalk him because of what he does and who he is. And when they finally capture him, man, man, that's when it goes really dark and bleak. And you're like, holy shit! Literally in that. So we talked, you know, about the fact that there's shit and blood, there's just really extreme violence against, in this case, you know,
0: people who are transvestite or at least identify with that. I mean, we're not going to describe everything, no, but there's but literally sh- shit being rubbed into wounds. Man, there's throw up. There's, there's piss yeah, into... Wounds? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 let's not hold back that much. There's piss into the emptied-out fake tit. Yeah, that was, I was like, (laughs) damn. They dug into
1: his chest, ripping out tissue.
0: Now, the thing that impressed me was that there is hints at everything that you ultimately find out about the character. Because there are bits where there's some dialogue and shit, and just implications, even from his buddy and some of the stuff that he says, Gordo. That, like, the guy's kind of a self-loathing, at least bisexual. Yeah. But that's not tolerated. It's hyper-masculine. Exactly. So even being a little bit gay is too gay. Yeah, it's way too much. (laughs) And it's very much implied that he picked up her and didn't realize it. And this is payback. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) Partially because he's already super fucked up. Yeah,
1: for reals. Some of that does lend a hand. I know we've talked about the film several times and we covered it too, but some of that Henry.
0: I was going to say this movie kind of reminded me of Henry yeah. in both good and bad ways. Cause I think the origin story later on is another one of those things where it like implies because this one thing happened, you're this monster for the rest of your life. Right. And with what happened, I mean, honestly with like, <laughs> people that i know that have experienced trauma never to that extent yeah, thankfully no i'm shit. glad that none of my friends have had to likewise i mean not that i know of i guess anyway but, but at i least feel on like i feel like that kind of trauma would probably be a lot more likely to lead to something like suicide oh man yeah, no shit right <laughs> rather than what happened
1: yeah completely not just completely what happened
0: different. but what happened technically twice yeah Because it turned two people involved into killers. It did. We'll get to that. Exactly. And so I felt like it was kind of simplistic, Mm -hmm. but everything was consistent. Like, once you see his origin later on, it makes absolute sense. And with how he was broken already in that origin, it makes absolute sense why he would end up with this murderous rage if this happened to him. Right,
1: right, right. No, you're absolutely right. The more that you have to see these films because they find them and play them, it does give you a little bit more understanding in a really fucked up way. It's consistent. Why, yeah, why he's doing the thing he's doing
0: going all the way back. It might not be realistic if you look into it too much. Yeah, I know what you mean. But maybe it is too. I'm not an expert in the field. I'm not either. No, it's never happened to be <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. It seems like that would be something that, maybe to like say the very extreme degree, yeah, you can see that. But,
0: yeah, how realistic is it? I'm not sure how realistic it is, but you get to see, like I said, it's consistent. Right. Yeah, everything, the homophobia, the lashing out, in yeah. all the different ways that he does <laughs> is kind of set up. It is. It really is. But... Man, is it brutal. (laughs) Although it's more set up for the stripper than it is for the way he takes it out on the hooker. Right.
1: And, yeah, I don't don't
0: know about that one. The stripper makes more sense because the stripper is basically him recreating Daniela. Yeah, I was going to say his sister. Because that's who he was truly attracted to Mm -hmm. while being self-loathing about his bisexual feelings. That's what I gathered in the end.
1: I think that's a very good way of looking at that. And yeah, we know from that very last film, yes, there was something about his personality where, yeah,
0: he liked <laughs> watching I don't guys think, at least. Yeah, I don't think he didn't like dudes. Yeah. But he was very self-loathing about that right. part and was way more into his sister.
1: Oh, yeah. That was where he got his sexual gratification. Yeah, everything else, I think you're right. Self-loathing. And knowing, you know, like I said, that his family... They, well, I want to say his family, his mom and dad, they don't like that at all. Like like you were saying, you're either a macho man, mucho macho man, mm-hmm. or
0: yeah, you're a sissy. So after that happens, they find the tape, they go on to torturing the guys, mm-hmm. which I thought was going to be a lot worse than it ended up being. Yeah. I like that, that, that wasn't even fucking James Bond getting whipped with the fucking rope in the nuts. Oh bad. man. Like getting whipped with the fucking rope in the nuts. The way that happened in fucking James Bond seems worse than just the electrocution. That was
1: Mads It was whipping him too, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Damn. Yeah, it was fucking Hannibal going to town. Makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> he was Damn. tenderizing that meat. <laughs> he was. Dan Daniel Craig. He got it. That's tore up. No, but honestly, like, yeah. that seemed worse than what we got in this. I thought that was going to get way worse. Yeah, no, really, all he did was left a fingernail. But that highlights one of the things I did notice about this movie, Mm -hmm. for as fucked up as it gets, except for one instance, it actually doesn't show you the absolute worst things. No, it doesn't. The absolute worst things are always kept just out of frame. Yeah.
1: You're absolutely right about that. A lot of it is just practical things they're doing. Yeah, to give off the effect. As opposed to, yeah, actually seeing... And boy, there's things to be seen if
0: they did show things. Holy cow. <laughs> oh my god. Shit, then it goes into the second... I mean, they go in, find all the shit. Right. Second movie. You get to see his interaction with a stripper. He's in love with a Yeah, he's in love with a stripper when it's her special lady time. Yeah. And past that, there's not enough blood for his liking. He's Goyo,
1: Vlad. <laughs> yeah, he's into, what do they call it, hematophilia or something like that? It's like people are into blood. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's into blood, that's for sure. And she did not look <laughs> like his sister. Mm-mm.
1: But, you know, I think it's just probably just, <laughs> just enough for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The
0: blood part. And he liked when they both couldn't breathe like his sister couldn't when he slashed her throat. Yeah. So he's into... Erotic
1: asphyxiation. Yeah, so he's definitely into that. <laughs> did she peg him? Did she pay him?
0: Did she peg him? Did oh, they make oh, that oh, implicit? Oh, oh. Did they make that explicit? Or I kinda of felt... don't think so. I oh, don't okay. think so. I think I feel it's like just... she did. I think no, she did. They
1: put lipstick on him. When I say they she puts lipstick on him, oh, yeah, he's cool that. with it. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing a dress and he likes polyethylene food wrap. <laughs> Because Sarandraft is trademarked.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, he's into that shit, man. So you find out like he's got some weird kinky fetishes. I mean, you kind of get a little glimpse of that when he puts on that Gimp mask he finds that the transvestite had. And he likes to smear things on himself. And we already know he's weird. He's got some weird shit going on. This one explores a little bit more. We find out that because she's not producing for him, he's going to produce it in a very violent way and then kill
0: somebody <laughs> as a result. But that doesn't stop him. No. Now, because of this, he ends up getting brought in in front of Topo. Who, By the way, I want to point out, up to this point in the movie, Topo was probably one of my favorite characters. Yeah? I think throughout the movie, like, I kind of dig Topo. Kind of dig Topo throughout this movie. He just doesn't do much until the in-betweens. And Topo's like, oh, guess what? Like, I don't really want you to have a good day today. I'm here to fuck up your day.
1: Oh no! You talking about Juarez? Oh, is that Juarez? Yeah, it's Juarez. Juarez is the cop who's telling him that. Yeah. So I
0: woke up to, just bring out all your demons. Yeah. So we talked about this a little bit already. Mm-hmm. At the end of this tape segment, we we can talk about what's on the tape in a second. But yeah, this yeah. is gets up to what we've been talking about this entire time because we already talked about. I think, and I think you agree now that Juarez had the tape already. Yeah, they wouldn't find. It the would tape. make sense. Looking back on it and seeing it several times now. Yeah. Because what you find out at the end is that... God, and I kind of don't like this part of the movie. (laughs) It's somehow some sort of social experiment that he set up. Yeah. And that this guy could have been part of Juarez's team if he wouldn't have fucked up. And he fucked up because he killed his family member. Because it was Juarez's brother that was the transvestite hooker. But... He wasn't the only one in the program, and his sister was too. Right, and she survived. Yeah,
1: there were different locations. And she's the good
0: one, basically. And by good, that doesn't mean that she's a good person. No, (laughs) no. Nobody in this movie is a good person, is what the the breakdown by the end of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even by the middle of it, because Juarez has no problem torturing the shit out of prisoners to get his way.
1: Yeah.
0: Nobody in this movie is good, but she's been working for him this entire time. And you get to see the aftermath of some of the shit that she's done. And then she gets let in on him at the end.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So in the origin story, before we talk about what happened like to him right, right, and right, right. what happened because of him and Daniela, when he goes back to like get the money to buy the gun, mm-hmm. and it's all through the tape because he has it. Yeah, he's found it. Some of the times the video camera's on, it does not make sense in this movie. Right. And the fact that there's a social thing, like social program experiment going on, makes it make more sense. Like why the dad has the camera set up in the beginning, it's because he's working for Juarez or the government or somebody, supposedly. Documenting. So he's documenting what he's finding. That makes sense. And it continues to make sense because when he goes back into the closet, there's more tapes.
1: Yeah. And there's photos and shit that you're kind of like, what the hell?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That also makes sense for why Juarez had that psychological profile on him, even though when all that they've done so far is torture him, mm-hmm. and this is just like the next day, and they're pulling him out.
1: Right, so they've known about him for a long
0: time. So that makes that all make sense. There's still some times when it doesn't make sense for the camera to be on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying by that. Some of the angles and things like that, yeah, yeah. Technically speaking, yeah, that's like, it doesn't make sense, but I mean, it's just to establish
0: the shots. I think I was trying to make some other point, but I'm fucking yeah. stoned. But no, uh, you know, for me, <laughs> I'm trying to re- put it all together with jumping around the action bits. Yeah,
1: because it is very condensed. Everything is condensed down to, like, its simplest terms, I
0: suppose. So, presumably, what must have happened was the parents didn't check in mm-hmm. because they were part of this program. They would have to know. And so they sent. Somebody to check it out, and that's where they found Daniela. Yeah, and then Daniela has been working for them ever since.
1: They could be training her, who knows what happens. You don't really get a a sense, you just know that she's in that program, and when she got involved, who knows? We really
0: don't know for sure. But what you do see is like Juarez has been following her enough to see the aftermath of whether she's been. Being directed by the program, or they just made sure that she lived because now she presumably is for sure going to be a fucked up killer like he is?
1: Yeah, who's to say?
0: How would you know for sure? Right. Either way, they know enough to follow her and shit. But the whole implication of the end of this movie is that we just watched the movie about the fuck-up. Yeah. Why don't we get to see the movie about the person who's good at this? That would be awesome. Well,
1: I think, too, <laughs> um, this is me thinking out loud, that because of some of those unresolved story arcs in this film, that they could be explored with a sequel, per se, mm-hmm. or a prequel, which there's a lot of those things he could revisit and kind of flesh out a little bit more, but... Especially because yeah. the
0: aftermath of the... Much like, like there I said, when I, when I likened questions. it to the Belko experiment yeah. earlier, the last shot of the Belko experiment, when you have them escaping and you see all the fucking... Yeah, you see everybody else. And I was like, so many of those look like so much more entertaining stories than what we just watched. Yeah, I know what you're saying about that. The actual story itself. The aftermath of some of her victims... Holy shit. ...looks so much <laughs> more entertaining yeah. than what we what saw. What we saw. And not to say that, like I said, I ended up enjoying this more than I thought I would. But it still was just like two guys tying a hooker to a chair and... Beating her. Beating her. Yeah. Well,
1: that's... All right. Here's what I want to say about this. (laughs) Is that some of these films, and by some of these, I do mean some of the unearthed films in general, like the storylines aren't really super fleshed out. And you have to keep in mind, too, because of... The monetary oh, restrictions, yeah. seven thousand
0: dollars. Like I'm fucking blown away. Yeah, so I completely
1: understand and know exactly what you're talking about because there are a lot of questions that can be explored, and things that probably could be better fleshed out. I mean, no doubt, but it's forgivable. You know, I think in the overall product, like I said, you get to see some <laughs>
0: some gnarly stuff. Okay, yeah, so and, so, so we jumped around it. Yeah, we get to see some gnarly stuff. Let's talk about this in <laughs> yeah. a bit. All right. I didn't know the movie was going to go there. <laughs> yeah. I now had now let's like... be uh okay, so going into this movie, basically all I had heard was a few different like two sentence reviews that sort of thing. And a lot of them were along the lines of uh oh, this shouldn't have ever been made. What the fuck <laughs> is this? What's yeah. wrong with you people? And I knew that it involved a good bit of sexual torture and sadism and such oh yeah which as I mentioned before is out of all the different like crazy gore horror shit like that's probably my least favorite yeah but I mean I get it especially with shit like this yeah and I'm at least one of the people that can handle it because some people can't do that shit oh there's a lot of people who would have tapped out within the first probably 10-15 minutes of this film (laughs) but I didn't think that they were going to go there and that's the thing is this movie goes so crazy that I wasn't horrified right Right. It was more like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, shit, All <laughs> right, Damn, okay. It went so far that it was beyond being able to feel in those <laughs> right, particular right. moments. It's like, I don't even know what to say right now. <laughs> this is just something that's going on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a very voyeuristic moment.
1: <laughs> so let's see.
0: You want to set us up? Take okay. us through this? <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. I just yapped a bit for...
1: <laughs> I know what you mean. All right, so we talked about some of the things that this film shows and what it does. And we talked about the fact that you're going to see what the cropopophilia, where people like to eat shit. You're to see a little bit of that. It's not real heavy. I know that all that shit's probably just makeup and effects. It's just like I highly doubt it. that dude shit himself and they were going to fuck around with his poo-poo. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. But regardless, you do get to see it. You know, and that's... Oh, I wasn't thinking that. I was
0: thinking once you get to the last seg- segment. Oh, okay. Like oh, it all gets oh, found there, gosh. and as we go through, right.
1: what actually happens. I got you. So, the last segment, yes, okay. I wasn't really anticipating his dad pegging him, <laughs> right? And I was like, all right. And then, you know, you get to see the doo-doo butter, after effects. And then it happens in front of his mom and in front of his sister you're like, oh, goddamn.
0: Oh, you made us sound nice, though. <laughs> yeah. No, it's rough, no. man. Dad, it's, it's like... Dad found... Uh, oh, the porno first. The fucking the spank bank <laughs> of oh, all oh, the man. big wankers.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh.
0: Yeah, he finds that. I mean, some all of right. his toys and shit that he managed to squirrel away. <laughs> and decides to teach his son a lesson for being a sissy.
1: Yeah okay
0: and if this is how you want it this is how you're gonna get it so it's not just pegging it's it's rape (laughs) no he literally raped his son not with his own penis but with the strap on Mm -hmm. not that it makes
1: it any better (laughs) and you can tell the whole time the young goyo is just like traumatized by this event who wouldn't be like your dad's fucking sticking a dildo in your ass Mm -hmm. and raping you with it While your mom's watching and your sister's in the background watching Family Affair. Mom's complicit. Yeah, mom's very complicit. She doesn't like the fact that her son is a sissy. She wasn't accepting of that, I suppose. Father knew, and it sounds like they're both blaming each other for him being a sissy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But they're still complicit in teaching him a lesson. And then he gets... Well, after he gets fucked like he did, his
0: dad takes him to try to go get laid by a hooker. (laughs) And that doesn't work. Which I unintentionally started laughing really hard at because I'm a big fan of John Leguizamo. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> in one of his Broadway specials, yeah, he talks it. about <laughs> his I dad taking Lake. him to a hooker. Yeah, that shit's fucking crazy. But I, mean, I started laughing really hard.
1: Johnny, go get him Johnny Legs. <laughs>
0: That's right.
1: <laughs> Little papito didn't. Oh, I was like, she's going to fly away with her Oh lips. my gosh. <laughs> That shit's too funny. I Yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about. <laughs> I'll watch all of his specials. Jesus. Yeah, so, all right. We learned that young Goyo cannot perform for hookers. And his dad's like, well, you couldn't even fuck pussy. <laughs> right? And because of that, they bring him a gift. His mom brings a box with a wig, a dress, high heels, the strap-on, all the shit that he quote-unquote loves. And his dad forces him to wear all that stuff, and then humiliates him by dropping him off in school,
0: wearing like. These... Was that at school? Yeah, yeah. See, I thought he was dropping him off like down with the hookers. No, no, no. He was dropping him off. It says. Uh, oh, I wasn't like, paying young... that close attention. I was stoned by that. Yeah, point. it's I was, like, like young students. I need something to take this edge off. He's so got like... his book bag on. Oh, okay. yeah.
1: And <laughs> you hear if you pay attention, you can hear some of the dudes like whistling at him. <laughs> You're like, oh shit, he's kind of in assless chaps but he's wearing underwear he's got his little boa on and stained underwear the aftermath underwear gosh the thing about it is is you can see the resentment just the anger just all that shit
0: i thought this was overall a very well acted movie yeah it
1: was i mean the people who had to perform those scenes they
0: you know they performed to the best of their ability they did a really good job especially because i don't know what's realistic for some of those acts yeah, I don't know how you're supposed to react. I don't want to know <laughs> that react. That reaction works. That's and fine with me. <laughs> the things too, like not the fact that we were actually, you know, having
1: to watch that, which I don't mind. I mean, I know it's acting and all that stuff, but you write some of those cuts and stuff as like they're screaming. Some of the video, it's like you would be mm-hmm. watching an actual old videotape where it's cutting in. The tracking has to realign. I like some of those edits, but yeah, the overall experience. And then after he gets humiliated like that. He buys the nine millimeter. He buys the drugs. He shoots Gringo. So maybe that's his first murder. Yeah, and then maybe. I mean, I, I said maybe. We don't know.
0: Yeah, but it's implied, perhaps. I mean, because it's also implied from the get go with his dad that his parents were decently abusive all along. Oh yeah,
1: well at least his dad, you know, had no problem slapping people. Mm-hmm. You know, humiliating people. Yeah, when we find out, like, when he's rifling through his parents' belongings. Decently abusive. (laughs) (laughs) He's decent at abusing people. (laughs) Moderate. But, yeah, when Goyo's rifling through his parents' belongings, like, yeah, you get the sense that this has been going on for a while with the tapes and photos and what the fuck. Then he's got the spread on his
0: bed, uh, the the barbed wire and the razor, and then he hooks it up. (laughs) I was really wishing for a fucking Sam Raimi God. <laughs> quick cut fucking putting everything on the Dildo sequence. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Just like if Ash whipped it up. Groovy. <laughs> Ooh, not groovy. Maybe creating groovies.
1: Well, what happens is, you know, leading up to this big moment leading into this other reveal is he eventually drugs his parents with a coffee. He gets them in their bedroom, or in a room mm-hmm. in particular, and forces his mom to sodomize his dad with the bobbed wire dildo
0: with the razor blade at the end. Which, okay, so this is one of the other moments that... <laughs> did you did you think you are going to see the penny? <laughs> there was, uh, like, four mo- moments in this movie that made me laugh. <laughs> and... Three of them, unfortunately, happened at times where it kind of broke me out of the tension in the moment. Yeah. One of the times I already mentioned was the hooker. Yeah, yeah. The other time was what should be the absolute worst, most horrendous thing you see in this movie. Yeah. The point of view shot of his dad getting sodomized by the barbed wire razor cock. (laughs) Yeah. I very much applaud the special effects team. I thought it was very good special effects for the inside of his tore-up anus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in order to actually see anything, the blood was very much to a minimum. Yeah. And also in order to see anything, it was like throwing a fucking hot dog down a hallway. <laughs> yeah. There was no like actual violence going on in that scene. <laughs> I laughed at yeah. that going on which kind of broke the tension of what was supposed to be happening. Tell that to Felix. <laughs> and the other times it happened for me, just yeah. to back up because it was things that happened earlier in the movie. And I actually described this to someone else because it, although it made me laugh and it took me out of the tension, right. I thought it was really neat because it wasn't something I'd seen often before. And that was the point of view punches. Yeah, yeah. We talked The about point that. of view punches are super neat. Also super fucking goofy. And yeah. I laughed really when hard at When you think of- about it, <laughs>
1: You don't really see the impact. You, you hear it more so than see it. hmm You know, but I still like the effect. Like, you don't get to see that kind of POV shot. Right.
0: I really liked the effect. Really neat idea. Right.
1: But you I'm kind I'm really of, glad
0: I saw it, but yeah. it was fucking goofy. Yeah. <laughs> I was... Th- <laughs> oh, my gosh. That kind of puts you
1: almost in, like, a comic book scenario, you know, mm-hmm. in, in a jokingly manner. But... I know what you're saying. I think for... I don't know. I don't want to speak for a lot of people. But I think for some people that could be one of those. Oh my God, I can't believe you're doing that. But it is kind of funny. <laughs> I'll tell you another funny And maybe moment, that too. says more about me. That might say more about us. <laughs> as much shit as we watch. The other one that kind of takes you out a little bit that should be horrific in, in that same brevity is Goyo slicing mom's breast and his dad's mm. junk. And rearranging... <laughs> But the flesh wounds that are left behind are like, oh, man. It's like, it kind of looks like a crater mound on his dad's cock area. Mm-hmm. And it, his mom, you can tell, like, you know what I mean?
0: I don't know. It's still shocking in a manner, but some of it is. Dad's like, not so uh, hung that you can't strap that down a little bit better.
1: I, <laughs> I had to laugh a little bit when when you actually get to see his dad's junk on his mom. Mm-hmm. You're like, god damn, that's a fuck that up looking a little dick. <laughs> But I was like, man, that's just that's craziness. Shit, it's cold in there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Why the fuck does Daniela turn on him so quick? When she gives him all of like three seconds to get a hard on.
1: He should have been hard when he was doing all that stuff to his
0: parents. Apparently, (laughs) apparently, I just didn't. You're right. She goes straight
1: to mock mode.
0: Yeah, she goes. But that also makes you think. In my mind, I feel like she's somehow in on it at this point that's like she's already too, yeah. been turned by juarez or whatever at this point yeah. but you can kind of imply that a little bit because she goes straight to mocking him you like you
1: said just in a, a flash and it goes to the point where he becomes violent again <laughs>
0: like real quick but then how do they also lose track of him apparently up until this moment yeah no, have they a, not been keeping track on the fact that he's been, already been doing this shit anyway i don't know
1: Who knows? That's kind of some of the the interesting questions is like, how
0: do you know if they were monitoring both of them? Maybe they were monitoring her first. Who knows? But she was the only one that was promising. So they just said, fuck him anyway. Yeah,
1: who knows? But I mean, it's still an interesting thing that could have been explored. Should have been explored a little bit more, you know, given. Mm -hmm. But yeah, man, (laughs) it goes to the how you find out why he's ended the things that he does to Jenny in the second tape with his sister. (laughs)
0: Honestly, I think yeah. You could go super cool places with that twist. It's just it's not given enough room to breathe. Yeah. It gets introduced in like the last ten minutes only for I guess maybe trying to wrap like for them trying to just wrap Just for up like a shock and... of being able to bring in Daniela yeah. at the end. Like how are we gonna And wrap then you don't get thing? to see what happens to him? I'm like in a movie where you get to see <coughs> fucking dick put on to mom. Yeah. Pantaloons. Then how do we not get to see what Daniela does to him? You know what? I sat through the credits just hoping that there'd be like an end credit just like cut. Or even just like a Polaroid, like when he pulled out like her. That'd be pretty cool.
1: But yeah, you don't. it goes straight to credits. Yeah, I mean, I will say this. I know some of this has to do with the social commentary, of course, in Mexico. And that was, I think, another kind of like a bigger picture thing for them. The people who were involved in making the film. You know, yeah, there's like so much crime and Bonilla, she talked about it's not uncommon to hear about people either going missing or getting kidnapped in your neighborhood on a weekly basis, you know. So they're kind of exploring that like the police corruption, just the violence, the gangs. They make mention of a couple of cartels. In the very beginning you get the setas, and in the end you hear about El Mano Negra, which is actually it's a cartel. But it's supposed to be a person who was nicknamed that that had, like, this huge killing spree uh, as a part of our cartel. So it harkens back to the fact that, you know, there's cartel involvement. They're alluding to that a little bit with Colombia, and then they bring it back up to Mexico. So it makes you wonder if that had something to do with cocaine and cartels, etc. Who knows? But they allude a lot to those things, but it never gets fleshed out, and it's quick and abrupt. But I wonder how much of that's just more of a social commentary to other things that were going on to try to make this story make a little sense because of the violence that we see. See, so this is this
0: sounds weird. Yeah, because a lot of times I end up waxing for a long time about the movie. This makes me wish I would have seen, and I'm gonna do that quickly. But I'm not gonna go for a long time at it because this is. I feel like this movie already kind of a short runtime. Yeah, it's not very long. But I feel like it could be shortened probably by another, like, 15 minutes. It could, it could be an
1: hour feature.
0: Very well. But then be. what I would like is, like, the skeleton of that hour being expanded out to, like, a two-and-a-half-hour movie okay. where, like, a lot of that shit happens early on. Yeah. And you get to see more of, like, the growth period and, like, the parallel between Boyo being the fuck-up and Daniela yeah. being the good one, but she's good at being bad. Exactly. And he's just a fucking. It's kind of like terrible. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I saw the devil, mm-hmm. except they're not hunting each other. You're just right. seeing these parallel stories. Yeah, exactly, because
1: they're both doing the same things. You know, considering their situations. But yeah, I kind of like that too. That yeah, there's a because I think it's and, a good idea, but yeah, it it's really not given any room to breathe. It's not. And like I said, that's nothing against the filmmaking itself. It's just man, there's some really cool
0: things that you could explore with these scenarios. The other movie I couldn't help but think about when I was watching this, actually, was uh, Visitor Q. Yeah. The way that Visitor Q would use different, like, camera types and video sources to sort of put you, like, feeling uneasy, like the opening scene with the hooker. Yeah. The opening scene in this did that, but some of the way that it jumps between, like, real life (laughs) and, like, the camera and flashbacks and stuff really also helps sort of keep you... It's feeling a little bit unease because it just keeps switching up.
1: Right, right. right. It builds, yeah, that, that kind of uh, atmosphere of you know, feeling uneasy, like you were mm-hmm. saying. Yeah, there are movements because there's like, a lot of jerk movements with the handheld. It can throw you off.
0: Yeah. The other thing it actually weirdly reminded me of is the movie we're doing next week. <laughs> yeah? And just like the weird sexual triggering aspect. Oh
1: my gosh, yeah. I kind of talked to my dad a little bit about that because, you know, we're all related to the person that we're inviting on for that. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's like it's kind of a, a unique blending of all these different things they're exploring. It's kind of a hyper violent, hyper sexual, but it's these heightened states which we're kind of exploring. But without learning too much out about this film, I think it's an interesting way to get into Unearthed.
0: I'm excited to see others in their catalog.
1: Yeah, and the reason I say that's because this is a film that's more for them, more modern mm-hmm. and some of their modern works, it's kind of interesting when you compare them or contrast them to the older ones. Because for me, it, it just feels like almost two different directions in a way. On one side, without like nerding out too much, is that some of the, maybe their earlier entries feel a little bit more artistic. Mm-hmm. Whereas these more recent ones are a little bit more in your face. But that's like, said for me, is like I kind of know what I'm getting into when I'm watching these films. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, man, they, they got some records. Really- they got some pretty gnarly stuff, let's put it that way. I think it's a really good entry. I think it's a really good film from Lex Ortega. It makes me want to watch Mexico Barbado. It does make me want to watch it. I started watching Mexico the Barbaro. first one and I saw a few of the segments and they're not bad. I know they if you know if you read reviews and stuff, people aren't very favorable to mm-hmm. them, but knowing what I know now about Lex Ortega, I feel like I could probably be a little bit more forgiving, maybe during
0: some segments. But we'll see. For me, this movie, I'm glad I ended up watching it and finally getting Unearthed. Like I said, I can usually do without a lot of the, the sexual yeah. torture <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. But it's not like I can't deal with it, and I knew that it was coming. Yeah. Um, it's not something that we explore every week. There's no doubt about that. The biggest thing is, like, I guess I end up sort of feeling this way, the same way about this movie that I do kind of like with The Human Centipede, mm-hmm. where it's not like I dislike this movie. I don't ever see any occasion in the future where, like, <laughs> I'm going to be in a situation that's going to be made better by putting on this movie.
1: It's like you know what really gets me in the mood, <laughs> etrus
0: Yeah, <laughs> for
1: me, I think it's a fun one, maybe to explore with people who are and that's like, not one to the say.
0: And that's not to say I'm never going to watch it no, again. No, you're saying, but...
1: but but yeah, this is not one that you're going to put on on special occasions. And what, what I mean by that is like hey, you want to watch XYZ film? something that's a little bit more accepting. Yeah. Whereas this one is like, sometimes you hope that people who are shy
0: about these films don't find these in your collection.
1: They'll think differently of you.
0: And that's the thing, like, I'd recommend it to somebody, but the only person I could think of that I know that I would honestly recommend this movie to, I just got done talking about it (laughs) with an hour for
1: Like, There are not very many people, but for those who do know... It's a really cool audience. It's a cool niche market because some people like to go further. Some people this is like as far as they want to go, and that's fine on both ends of that spectrum, but I feel like if you're wanting something a little bit more, something that's, you know, story-wise that you can follow, it's not all over the place per se. This is a kind of right down the middle for Unearth, I feel. Like there's I'll put it this way. There's far more extreme in their catalog, and there is for story-wise I could name a few right off the top of my head, so. Yeah. Right down the middle. <laughs> Without nerding out too much more. This is, this is, I liked it, man. I'm glad we finally got to talk about them is what I'm getting Yeah, at.
0: me too. I am a little bit more excited for next week, though. It's oh, a movie I've seen before. I know yeah. you've seen it before. I've seen it a few times, actually. The only one who hasn't seen it is poor Jeff. Oh, Jeffrey. It's a movie I know I like. I
1: like almost everything. When I say almost everything, I can't think of anything I've seen by Takashi Meike I don't like. Let's put it that way.
0: We are going to be roping... Roping's appropriate. (laughs) Think Um, roping. Roping another guest into the studio. That's going to be fun. We're going to do our second edition of Test Your Fright. We're still trying to work out the kinks. It's something that we really like the idea of, but we're (laughs) still not quite sure how to execute it. That's a good point. I mean, we're still experimenting with it. We're getting there, people. And we're going to subject you to, and subject Jeff to, Takashi Miike's Ichi the Killer. Dude, I'm looking forward to that one. Now, because we're talking about that,
1: just briefly, Unearth actually released its prequel, <laughs> Ichi 1.
0: so Which I've still never seen. I'm I have am curious either. about it. but uh, Yeah. I'll of course, I'm also it. curious about reading Ichi the manga, which I've never gotten to yeah, either. So. so we'll get to explore both of those subjects. In order to keep listening to us, please hit subscribe. However, you're listening to us right now, that would be awesome. If you don't, for some reason, like how you're listening to us right now, you can always follow the links up at the top of our website, friedsquirms.com, or stream the latest episode down at the bottom. In between, you can find the links to all of our fun places: Fried Squirms on Facebook, at Fried Squirms on Twitter, Fried Squirms podcast on the Instagram squirmcast at com yeah. to email us if you want to reach out and give us... We know like, it works. Suggestions, or feedback, yeah. or you just, like, want to say hi, or... I mean, really, like, do you want to ask us questions about horror? We'll answer your fucking questions if you email us. Yeah, I
1: mean, if you want to interview us. And if you don't
0: want to, like, type in Scrumcast at gmail.com, you can always just use the contact form on our website, which, once again, is friedsquirms.com. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, with that being said, man, I enjoyed today's episode because we got to explore... Some fucked up shit. Some fucked up shit. We got to introduce our audience to some of the more fucked extreme up horror <laughs>
0: yeah and we're gonna get to do it again next week oh next week is still gonna be fucked up shit isn't it
1: yeah we, we're not uh man, taking a break this
0: movie and it's gets some fucked up shit i like it though man
1: we talked about the fact for the
0: next two weeks we're gonna be nasty boys so and then we haven't decided what's coming after that no we?
1: i imagine it's probably not as nasty though well, i have a feeling we're gonna go some sunshine and rainbows i'm okay with that so dude i'm really looking forward to next week Me too. For this week, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried Squirms. Oh.